watching prohibition fall down. What's up, y'all? Scotty Real hanging out, and I'm psyched today, man. Special guest in studio, my boy Vader. What's up? Put it there, brother. Put it there. Thanks for coming to the bakery, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is cool, man. He calls me up and says, I'm in town. I got, I got a day, man. I said, get your ass up here, man. Let's talk. As a matter of fact, yeah, I can even look at you. You're actually really here, man. Most of the time, the dude is hologrammed in, man, so. No, we actually almost attempted to do one, but it, good I, luck. I have really forced to come out here, so I'm happy to make it. <laughs> nice, man, nice. So start off with, if people don't know you, you've got a huge YouTube following, got a great channel, but uh, I mean, tell me your, yeah, I mean, tell me your story, man. So what, like, I don't know, I mean, I guess start from the beginning, man. You know, when did you start smoking? Um, I started smoking uh, after I was retired from the Marine Corps, so um, I ended up getting lung scarring and uh, a bunch of bronchial scarring and ended up with bronchiectasis. I was on a bunch of steroids, things like that, and uh, was at the VA, had a young, cool, hip doctor who was kind of like, hey, I can't recommend this, but wow. have you ever thought about this? Because it's SoCal. And um, a lot of the treatments weren't working for me. Sure. And, um, and what year is this now? This is 2001. So that's pretty progressive, right? Uh, yeah, it was. It definitely had, you know, medical had been around for about five years um, at that point. Right. Um, since 96. But uh, it was just kind of like really on the fringes. There weren't even a lot of collectives or anything open. And um, so he ended up recommending that. I went and saw a doctor that did do cannabis, and it was really hard to get your medical at the time. Yeah. Much more, like, intrusive than it is now. Really, a lot of people would be denied. And... Uh, but they ended up saying, like, yeah, I think you'd be a great case for it. So Because for, for your lungs, though. I mean, that's for pretty lungs, interesting. Yes. Smoking for your lungs. I mean, that's pretty outside-the-box thinking. Yeah, and although, like, in some places where doctors will say, hey, you know, smoking, be careful of getting pneumonia or things like that. Right. Because of my lung scarring, my alveoli are all damaged, and I produce mucus constantly. Sure. When I smoke cannabis, especially flowers, it really ends up affecting my alveoli, so they stop producing the mucus as much. Now, whether that's like, whether it's drying out or whatnot, I can't speak, you know, we give them sure. a lot more details, sure. but it just works. It ends up working for me really well. And that was a huge thing. And I ended up getting off the steroids. I had a bacterial infection that ate away at all my muscles. So I had dropped from like being more muscular at 250 pounds down to 180 pounds. Damn. And so it was just like <sighs> dead um, down, had trouble eating, all those things. So it helped me on multiple levels. And uh, I mean, to me, it's it saved my life. And yeah. It was a huge thing and a huge impact in my life at that time. It's, so, as, and so you're in the working with the VA at this point, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I had my VA doctor stuff, but I ended up getting my medical. I went to a collective, got some stuff, but wasn't really that stoked. My friends could actually give me some stuff, sure. Anyways, uh, so we did that, and um, and it worked well. And after a few months, I got already gotten off the steroids. So my doctor's like, "Wow, well, just keep doing what you're doing." We're and they, we didn't really talk about it too much. Yeah, well, I mean, so did you see it work for other veterans as well, other people as well? Like, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I'm using cannabis as medicine for uh, epilepsy. I'm using heavy CBD for medicine as epilepsy, and I'm a believer. It actually it works so much that I'm off my my other meds and I'm, I'm couldn't be happier. I see like things like for PTSD. I'm thinking for for people that uh, did combat. You know. Um, I think it'd be a great medicine for that, man. And I mean, people are people are using it for that. I'm just curious if you saw anything like that. Even some of this as anti-inflammatory, like CBD for something like, uh, you know, the brain injuries, the CTE type brain injuries. You know, that anti-inflammatory effect I think would be really good as well, man. So I'm just seeing all this medicine, you know, all this legitimate medicinal use. 
Uh, I absolutely agree. I mean, in my experience, I've been doing it definitely long enough to meet um, people like you who I just come across, and then also friends and family sure. members who have seen these kinds of things work for. I definitely think that there's a lot of strong evidence for PTSD helping with that information. Yeah. Um, and it's the same way I think that like the flowers work for me and have worked really well for me, but I really do encourage even like, I love the idea that we're going to be able to do more research and dive deeper into terpenes and cannabinoids and the actual specifics of why even these things may have worked for me. We know it works. It's, we have sort of an anecdotal case study on right. it, but taking the next level is something that like, I'm really excited about, at least with the regulation, like moving forward. Yeah. Did you have specific strains that worked better for you or any kind of cannabis worked for you? No, I definitely have specific strains that work good for me, and then I have some that have been developed, like for, you say, PTSD, one of the strains that we have, like, I know I can recommend it, and people do love it. They do get the effect of helping with their PTSD with it. It has a certain way it affects a lot of people, and not it's not the same for everyone. Some people with any strain, I definitely say there's variants, but that's a strain that, like, yes, I've seen this specifically work for people in this manner because say for PTSD, it helps you actually really, this strain, you like smoke it. It's not that it makes you feel down or anything too bad, right. but you forget even what you're doing at the time. It's not something you want to drive on or work on or anything. You don't, you just, you don't even know what you're doing. But it really seems to help if you smoke it before going to bed when you're getting into those cycles of thought processes yeah, where you can't head. pull sure. yourself out of a thought sure. process, you can't, you can't think about anything, and it allows people to fall into their slumber state. That's awesome, man. What, what's that strain called? Uh, that's a Highlander Fino. So we have one of the mixes that we do have seeds of it, um, and that's why generally when people ask me that specific question for that, right. then I would recommend, like, yeah, here, try this one. See if you can find a Fino that works out well for you in that notion. And then certain people, I end up, we end up offering to veterans to clone because sure. we know the clone works. And so that's something that, like, I do do if you are a veteran and then you're close enough to us where we can be able to, like, link up uh, in our market. Things, yeah, very in cool. Cali with medical, so. That's cool, man. We can't do it interstate, but it's like. All right, so wait, so going back to, to the Vader story, man. So when did you start growing then, man? You start you, you started finding this as medicine early 2001, somewhere around there? Yeah, and uh, I'd almost call it, I mean, I think luck seems to come in a lot mm -hmm. of places in the life story, but for me... Um, Serendipity. We within a few months, I had a connection to somebody who was doing home grow, and right. they had seeds from, they had, they had ordered from Amsterdam, stuff like that, so they had White Widow, there was a string called Grape, which I really loved, sure. they just called it Grape. Um, couldn't ever find out what that actually was though. And it wasn't a Mendo like grape ape or anything, it was it was from Amsterdam, some seed thing. Right. I tried to find it on Overgrow or like look it all up later. Uh, but um, So that's a, that's a seed or a strain that I had in the very beginning that was like my favorite of all time. and. It's nostalgia for me. I don't know if I've run into things that are actually better. Right. But to me, it is the long lost string. It's like my G13, man. Okay. <laughs> I just had a Fino of that. There was the million dollar Fino back in the day, man. Yeah. Good times, man. Nice. <laughs> so, all right. So you start growing uh, almost immediately. And then did you immediately get into breeding? Or I mean, I guess if it's your medicine, of course, you're going to try to take control of it and, and, and you know take control of production anyhow, no? Yeah. The quality of it from like the person that we were able to get it from was so much better sure. than anything I had seen. And, and at the time we were like, oh, that's like high times weed. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the thing. So, um, and then also with the thing that like, there was some weird taste coming from the more commercial bud stuff I had gotten from the collectives and kind of other stuff that I had gotten from people. Right. And because it was a health issue for me and this is an issue for my lungs, it was extra, extra important for me to know that 
there was nothing wrong with it, that there wasn't any mildews or any pesticides used. Fuck yeah, man. So that is why it was all, it was a necessity for me in to start growing. And because I had my medical, I had been lucky enough to be able to get it. I had plant numbers that I could grow, and it was enough for me. And I had no, this wasn't about making money or doing anything, sure. like some of my friends who I met very early on, of mm -hmm. course. Um, because to be a part of that community where this stuff is being done, then, yeah, you have to be in the more commercial market about, I mean, people need make lives and make livings to be able to just even experiment and get things bigger. Okay. So I was able to get involved with communities very quickly because of that. And I also had a connection just growing up, family friend who was, we had a computer in the house, right? We always, I knew about IRCs and forums. I was familiar with it. So I found Overgrow very quickly. Yeah, shout out to Overgrow. He was saying he was like a moderator on there and whatnot. I was just a lurker, man. I was like, what the, I cannot fucking believe they're talking about this stuff here, man. Yeah. I'm taking my notes. <laughs> <laughs> that was good shit though, man. So that way. So you're starting to build, that was, I guess, starting to even get into a community there. Because, I mean, you built a fucking beautiful community on YouTube, man. I mean, props for that. And I would attribute the fact of, like, building a community, I really pull it from my days of being, like, just so welcomed at Overgrow and even the other forums and communities. And there's always been drama throughout the years. And, you know, course, that's part man. of the fun Human about nature, being bro. in part of any kind of system. But ultimately... I felt the really kind of roots of that kind of like what I call that hippie nature sure. from the 60s and everybody and a lot of people. So since people are so welcoming, I've always just tried to perpetuate that as I've gone forward too. Right. Just look at it from that particular angle. All right, man. I got to know, man. It tells your person. It's like a peering into your personality, man. My first grow style was deep water culture. I was like, fuck yeah, man. I'm on a dragster, bro. Beat mother nature. Outthinker. What was your first grow style? Uh, my first major growth style was actually a very similar setup that I do now with the flood and drain. Really? And I went and tried everything else and went back to it. Now, nice. I don't know if that's because I really think it's the best or if it just seemed to work well with me. I mean, that's a kind of a chicken and the egg question. Right. Um, even for myself. But uh, I did a flood and drain system. That was what I looked up because I researched everything and looked into it. And, uh, and I was super into the kind of like NASA idea of going about things in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I did The very first grow I did was soil. And um, and I tried that out at first, and it was okay, but it just wasn't. I really like to nerd out on things. Sure, I really yeah, like to get techy about it and get mm. in my own style, whatever that is. And so that was something I really wanted to explore. So you went to uh, like what hydroponics? You tried all that stuff? So, yeah, so I went all through the hydroponics ways, and uh, every system has its benefits. I definitely, even my system, you lose some yield com or some speed compared to uh, aeroponic system. Sure, but you get reliability and trade-off. Yeah, and same with even going all the way to living soils and all of that, which we have run through as well, because like I like all facets of the concept of growing. There's sure. one that I think is better, um, and I like to explore the fact that we do get to try all the extremes. Yeah, we laugh about our different personality types. You know, I might want something that's super simple because I might be away for a week and have to explain to somebody how to just, honey, just gonna, I'll take you out to dinner if you pour the A and the B in there. You know, <laughs> I have to bribe somebody. But, uh, I, you know, it's it, you might have somebody else that says, you know what, I'm trying to grow the absolute most flavorful weed and I'm also uh, growing hot peppers or whatever, you know, so I'm into my living soil and I have an earthworm bin in the back, all that stuff, you know. So I don't. So wait, do you do organics too, man? Yeah, we do living soil, and I think living soil is its own place, and and just soils in general, right. where you can use something that's more clay or more sand for different strains, and actually push out certain terpene profiles the same way you can really? with synthetic or mineralized nutrient programs, where you can use that to influence the traits that the plants are expressing. 
That's pretty interesting, man. And and that's something that's really interesting. So you say my personality, like my personality is to then dive in deep and look at all of the different styles and types. So it's hard for me to ever, when people say what's your favorite growth style or something like sure. that, same as your favorite strain, it's that, well, I like the concept of the whole thing in general. Makes sense. And hey, man, just a random thing. Somebody, I have, I got you here, a seed guy here. One of my hemp guys called me up uh, today and was talking about trying to get more females for his seeds. And he said that there was, a, when you're doing a large volume of seeds, that if you add more nitrogen, up to 250 parts per million of nitrogen to, to, to the seeds, that the, and that sounds like it's going to kill them to me, man. I, got, I never added any kind of nitrogen to my seeds. That it increases ma- uh, the females. Have you heard that at all? That absolutely is a sort of a deeper genetics question um, about, one, you would need the selection of certain kinds okay. to um, that in that particular one. Like, I've had strains that absolutely produce more females. The Alien Rift, that one has a tendency to produce more females, like 70 to 80% average very often for people. But we really run, I, I call it like a 65% average. So definitely over the 50% okay, average. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. Where yeah. Most things really like in larger data pools that I've seen in like more commercial settings, you get more of a 50-50 base. And it's very rare to go down to like a 40-50 or like a 40% um, females and 60% males. Excuse huh. me. Okay, that makes sense. So, so let's switch into the evolution, man. So you evolve into being a breeder. That comes on pretty early. Uh, yeah, I just I like the idea of experimenting with the plant as a whole, like sure. as a you know, oh, I'm farming. Well, then, okay, how does this plant work? And clones were huge in Cali, so I was, right. I had this incredible access to like the highest level clones and genetics very early on. And in the very beginning, I actually did feminized breeding because we were trying to take clones that were clone onlys and put them with other clone onlys. Right. And it wasn't even a problem. I didn't even, although I was getting into true breeding by trading on overgrowth farms. Right. And uh, I was doing that. Most of the breeding I would end up actually doing in the early years was feminized breeding because we were just trying to find one phenotype that worked out great. If that progeny had extra hermaphrodites, let's say, it didn't matter to me as far as the seed breeds themselves because I was just trying to find a female that didn't exhibit a hermaphrodite trait. And then that clone could be released in the market. It wasn't an issue because it was fine. Although, in retrospect, that female is going to be more likely to have progeny that could possibly put out hermaphrodite clone traits. So if someone were to breed with that clone, even though that clone was fine, maybe the breeding kids would come out with more hermaphrodites. So that's where you kind of get in these like, yeah, concept of breeding. um, Sure. What is the right way to go about something? And there is the controversy on that. We had Colin from Ethos, you know, right there sitting where you're sitting, banging his hand saying, you know, talking about that, saying, oh, he's he's got different ways of doing it than other guys, man, you know? And there is is some controversy. And it's also the time period. What is the culture of people in that time period? Do we think it's that big of a deal? I think that when people first start doing things, even if you talk about something scary, like pesticides, often people didn't have intent to just like pull one over on people and use something bad. Right. They thought it was the right thing to use and that they thought they were even following the right program. Sure. Um, it's only later that like we start to like some people take advantage of that. Sure. And then they create a bad name for the whole yeah. concept. But sometimes we have to trip and fall before we all go like, oh, that's bad. We learned a lesson. Sure. Yeah, I didn't really know what half-life meant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So when's your first success as far as for breeding, as far as ocean grown? What do you think it was? If you were going to think, you know, first off, when when did you start? Like what year did you start ocean grown? Um, The brand of ocean grown comes 2009. 
Okay. Uh, plus, and then we really started kind of getting heavier 2010 and 11 of actually selling on a wider market, getting out to like some small seed banks sure. and seeing how it would go. And mostly it was because I was owning collectives at the time. We had the nursery and then we had a couple of collectives. Right. We were able to put them in the shops and the clubs and then people had access to it locally. Which is why I definitely think that like San Diego and Los Angeles is like those are the most well known areas that the seeds <laughs> have been like proliferated there now the we, most. Yeah, now we were talking about that too, and it's pretty interesting. You got a lot more experience uh, in California and in a lot of markets, uh, pretty interesting markets, uh, legal markets, I'll say. Man. Yeah. Um, you said that there's a lot of difference in taste, like local taste, as far as what Southern California has different flavors that they like, different than Northern California, different than Colorado? Uh, absolutely. I think as a, as a whole, everybody does like certain strains. They are popular across like all demographics. Sure. You can have OGs and cookies, mm-hmm. um, your diesels, right? But we all know where they kind of come from. So you think about that demographic where like people across the whole U.S. like OG, but OG is really big, like Florida, really big, like uh, Cali. Sure. But um, in like New York, things like that, you're going for diesel. That's going to be a bigger thing in that community. So just speaking frankly on like simple strains from like much earlier time, we already see those kinds of things developing in different communities. And so even now we still hold those kinds of prejudice. SoCal is really big on OGs, but you get Mendo's up in NorCal. Just in those, there's not just those two strains, but those are two specific strains that you can compare to say like these group areas have a more, almost a prejudice towards one or against one or the other. Man, I mean, this feels like, like the Colorado beer scene honestly you know yeah and that's very similar to like I think the beer scene because San Diego is a huge uh, micro brew scene and like Colorado does as well and you'll see a different kind of like judging rating in that like regionally right right and now you were talking something about in California they've got a micro license coming out it was yes part of uh, 64 the recreational is they have a micro grow license where there's a 10,000 square foot license that you can get so you can grow there breed there you can have a bar whatnot and serve the customers just there that sounds completely awesome and then it would just be all inclusive which is something that we're trying to get into as long as yeah. well as like nursery permits right now and some of our changeover since we're changing ourselves over from medical to recreational, which is all a lot of hoop jumping and interesting things because there's some things, of course, every time you start regulation, right. there's a bunch of loops that were left open. And when the government starts looking at it, they go, wait, wait a minute. What about this? That wasn't yeah. written in there, even though we passed it. So yeah. they have to make regulation towards that. Scotty, you have to leave the bud bar sometime, man. You can't <laughs> stay here all month, man. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Hours, time. <laughs> so what are you up to now, man? What are you up to as far as, uh, first off, give me some genetics help, man. I'm just about to plant in there. I'll, sh- I'll show you my growing a little bit, man. But man, come on, what's, what's the exciting, what's the new exciting uh, uh, strain du jour, man? 2019 it is, sir. Yeah, I'm actually, we, since we're switching over, we're, I'm not really messing with too many new strains. Okay. We did a preservation project with some Hawaiian strains that I was blessed and gifted with when we were out there last time. Yeah. Uh, this last February. So we were able to run some, basically throw a bunch of males and a bunch of females into one tent. And then you're just going to get more genetic variation out of more seeds in there. And then we'll be able to dive in deeper later. So since I had to shut down a lot of my facilities and I'm only just operating a couple of small rooms, right. then we were able to do that. So we have a Maui Wowie that we were gifted, nice. um, which is beautiful. That one turned out really nice. And then we have a Quiet Electrics, which uh, is family and everything. Um, myself uh, from Kauai. So 
uh, originally that's where like I had uh, grown up before. Yeah. Uh, we ended up moving when I was older, sure. as a kid to San Diego. Beautiful, man, beautiful. So those ones are exciting, and um, I'm looking forward to getting to those, so we'll be able to mix into some of those eventually, right. but those seeds per se, I wanna work on them, of course, for a bit before I end up just releasing them out. Yeah, I was gonna ask you like how long it takes to, when you decide you're a breeder, to how long it takes to have your first success. Do you have a bunch of failures? Do you have a bunch of testers that you give out to, you know, to friends first? How does that work? And what's the progression there? Uh, for us, like in what we've built nowadays, we generally, um, I try and make it that like, and if you're in our kind of breeder network, Ocean Grown, sure. like if you're in here, like we're a collective network of breeders. If you're in that group then, and we were to be under the brand, you would breed out something. Um, now it could be an F1 mix. Sometimes those turn out pretty good and they're more more than welcome to. Right. Of course we encourage like continuing breeding process just to like learn more about a strain, about a line. Sure. Um, and pick interesting traits, be a part of that process. Right. So having a success or having a success with a release, I definitely think that there's some viability for F1s, but of course we like to divvy in and we encourage all the breeders to go deeper into those lines. Yeah. Um, but once you have a viable strain, you gotta grow it out yourself. Like I definitely encourage that, I'd like to do it too. Right. So first thing you do is like grow it out yourself. Um, maybe if it's in like kind of the top circles of us, like we really trust each other, you can give it out first if you don't have time. Sure. So like I've had the Hawaii strains, we've sent that out to some of the guys just in the inner group. Right. Um, those ones, and then, but so that's before we get to testers. It has to be tested within the inner group, and you yourself, if you've bred it, should have tested it out yourself. Right. And then been able to share, hey, what's your thoughts? And we can all share our thoughts on something before we send it out to then uh, wider public testing. I'm thinking there's a year there, right? Yeah, so this is why this takes a long time. Generally, to start developing a strain, it can take you a year to two years even to come out with, a, right. like just something you've worked on, maybe a couple of generations. Jeez, man. What'd you say your first success was? I was asking you this earlier, man. Oh, yeah. I wandered off into a wonderful tangent. Um, but because I was doing femme breeding and those kinds of things, it was a grape ape uh, cross that I did with a Bubba Kush. So, um, and at the time, Bubba Kush was like, there was no pre-98 or something. There was just, if you had Bubba Kush, that <laughs> right. was it, right? Right. Um, so it's pre-98, man. Yeah, so, uh, so or, but in that thing, it would be pre-98. Nice. For those who, who would uh, There's people that. taking notes, man, all right. Yes. Um, so that was, that was that one, and that's uh, when I first started the Merlot line. And then uh, I worked it into calling it Merlot OG when I started breeding it with the OGs. And so the Merlot OG was the first thing that like we had good success with, found some really cool phenos, and it spread out, and people started growing it. And then that's where the, uh, there's a strain, the clone, that's um, the Darth Vader. Right. Right, it's not called Vader OG, it's called Darth Vader okay. OG. That is a Merlot OG phenotype, and the guy who ended up breeding it, got some seeds from me, found a pheno. He called it that because of my lineage going as Vader on the forums. Gotcha. So he just gave through the Darth on front of it, and that's actually a Merlot OG pheno, not a Vader OG pheno from that strain line. Makes sense, man. Well, what is with the Star Wars thing, man? You're a huge Star Wars fan? Oh, that was actually, uh, funny enough, originally it was a name that was given to me in the military because I'm 6'8", and... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I can have a particular kind of demeanor. Um, as fun as I try and have, as much fun as I try and have. Um, Darth Vader-like demeanor, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and so when I went onto the forums, um, that's what, I ended up originally having kind of a sublime uh, counter name when I went on to Overgrow, so uh -huh. it was something different. But after Overgrow went down, I switched my name to Fader Vader. And then okay. that's what I was on, Fader Vader on the forums uh, forever, Icy Mag and Tasty Farmer and all of that stuff. Sure. So Very cool, man. 
um, that's where my original, yeah, kind of climbed through that. And that naming came from. And it was just, and it was never anything. Same with the OG. I was growing an OG, breeding an OG. We, it wasn't that we were calling it anything. It's just that we, my friends tagged it Vader OG. Oh, this is Vader's OG. Sure. And then eventually it just, like, that's like 2005, 2006. Well, then over time, it's like when we start to go to seeds or do things, it's almost like branding. You're like, okay, well, this is now, it's been known as Vader OG in the clubs because people got seeds, they got clones, and they started right. growing it, and then it blew up in the clubs. Partially, I'm sure, because of the branding ability of the name and the culture. It's a pop culture concept. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about the, the different, uh, how much work you have to do uh, to brand yourself these yeah. days. You know, and we were, I was just at the Emerald Cup and you saw Cookie Brand and Mendo Brand. And, you know, we, we were just talking about how much work there is to that. And then when you were saying, well, the sour diesel, or I should say diesel, is popular in New York. I'm saying, oh, really? New York sour diesel is popular in New York? And if Think like cookies there. I'm, I'm sorry, OG is popular in, in the really flashy places like Miami and LA. Yeah. Kind of yeah, makes absolutely. sense too, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm starting to make sense of this thing, man. I guess you have to, man. It's your profession. You better get it right, man. Uh, it's something that I'm definitely interested in. So just in my philosophy or the way of thinking about sure. like, the plants and it's fun, how man. it works. Yeah. I love this culture emerging. No, and I do because like on the forums and everything, it wasn't that I just got clones from Cali. The beautiful thing was I was able to actually trade seeds and trade seeds with other people or even clones back then, even though we weren't supposed right. to, right? Right. Um, do the old good old ship out. Like we could end up getting cuttings from each other. We could share that. We could get a sour diesel, and we knew it was the sour That's diesel. That's so awesome. That is so powerful and to be able to do to that. To be able to like then connect communities, even though I think it's great we have it regionally, but I still really love to enjoy other regions' things that are different from where it, what is so popular. Even if I smoke something 90% of the time, I'm sure. a big OG guy, then it uh, doesn't mean that I don't want to try the other things or even thoroughly enjoy those different things for their regional potential. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I couldn't agree with you more. Fuck yeah, man. I think I know you know what? I think I got to know you. I like this, man. It's very cool. Thank you. No, I've had a great time actually being here. Yeah, I appreciate you stopping by. What are we smoking, by the way, man? What'd you guys bring us? Oh, uh, we did bring a little alien rift. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if uh, we brought any of the man of war. It's all right, man. We'll sh we'll show it off. We'll show it off. You send us some pictures, we'll show off your best work, man. Yeah, no problem. All right, thanks, y'all. I really appreciate you stopping by, man. Love it. Oh, thank you. All right. Keep up the good work, man. Great being here. Good All to right. see you guys. Take it easy. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed In my toolbox there's a bomb Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the good vibes on, on, on. It's just weed it's just me, I like to smoke it out in loud Yeah, yeah Now if the big man can 
hates the dank Just look at how he's being paid Now, don't lock up me Smoking weed